0: Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano.
1: Hello, guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by EcomC, the place of editing related to Amazon FBA, Prior Level, and e commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, the founder and CEO of EcomC, and today we bring you another special guest. His name is Chris Schifferling, and he's the founding partner at GW Partner and also the founding partner at South Cole, two amazing companies that they specialize around the niche of helping you uh, when it comes to the exit of your commerce business. And that's actually going to be the conversation today. We know in the last couple of months, if not years, the whole space has been a bit, you know, all over the place when it comes to the aggregators, the multiples, people don't know how to actually prepare for exit and, and all of that. So today, Chris, with all uh, his knowledge and experience in the space, is going to give us a little bit of those, you know, gold nuggets, as they call it, to, uh, to make sure you maximize the exit uh, when you reach that stage. So, Chris, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. How you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing good, man. It's good to be on. And, and like we were saying earlier, it's nice to finally meet. I've seen a lot of LinkedIn posts with you in them. And I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot with your, uh, with your business posted everywhere. And we know a lot of the same people and at least we can now meet virtually. So nice to finally meet you.
1: (laughs) I know. And for me, it's also a pleasure to have you. You know, at the end of the day, the reason why I created this podcast is to have, you know, experts from the space, but not only to bring people to my community, but also to build, you know, partnership with them, because let's be honest, sometimes this business is. Global and you have people, some people in India, some people in China, some people in the USA and and a space like this, you know, allows for creating those meaningful relationships that sometimes, you know, the distance doesn't allow for that. Right. Uh, right. Now, um, let's start with you, Chris, because I know you have a very interesting background as well before founding and working on these two amazing companies that I just quickly introduced. So tell me a little bit about what brought you to where you are right now and and what were some of your experiences with that? Yeah. Yeah, so my my entire
2: career was focused on being a sales and marketing executive in consumer products, and so I worked for um, uh, companies that were both publicly traded and owned by private equity. Um, I started off with, at a Japanese um, company that was publicly traded on the Nikkei. Um, I worked for their subsidiary, starting off as a just a low, 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 low level. Just Japanese,
1: on a Japanese. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, sushi. <laughs> okay.
2: Nice again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I know Eddie got uh, and that's about all I remember. That's good enough. <laughs> I,
1: was, I was
2: I was getting pretty good because every time I would go visit Tokyo for board meetings, they would put yeah. me in they put me in the area of Tokyo where they don't oh, yeah. speak it's like traditional Tokyo, like wow. they don't speak a lot of English. Okay. Yeah, so like my hotel, it was a struggle. Like I had to like do <laughs> a lot of sign language and <laughs> Yeah. yeah I yeah, so I spent a lot of time. Um, I spent a lot of time in China working with factories that you know, factories that that built uh, and manufactured and produced, um, designed product for for very large household brands. Um, and so it was a really great experience learning how to effectively understand how a consumer products brand works from manufacturing, producing the idea, yep. differentiating the idea, solving a problem, to then all the way from supply chain to distribution and real channel strategy. And we sold to everybody. And that's really where I cut my teeth on um, kind of leading the charge for the company on working with a lot of e-tailers as we called them back then. So, you know, sitting in a booth and at the ABC trade show back in 2003 or four, and this bookseller comes up saying they want to sell baby products. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they happen to be called amazon.com. And no one wanted to sell them because they were like, well, this is just a, this is just a bookseller. I think we were one of the first, um, one of the first baby brands to actually sell to Amazon.com back in the day, wow. and then just establishing. I remember getting a phone call from a guy and said, "Hi," you know, I forgot his name. Um, he was the buyer at CSN Stores, which turned into Wayfair, and so you know, the genesis like Zulily. I worked with a gal um, uh, from BabyUniverse.com who was like the tenth employee at Zulily, and just like. I saw mm-hmm. the genesis of all these e-tailers starting to pop up. And, um, you know, through that time, Amazon FBA was mm-hmm. becoming a thing. My brother-in-law was he was one of the first guys that I, he was one of the first guys I know and one of the first guys to be on FBA like back in mm-hmm. 2007, 2008. So, yeah, I think we're good, though. If you can hear me, we're good. So I, w- I was just saying, you know, I worked with a lot of, a myriad of different companies. I worked with a lot of different retailers. Uh, it was just incredible experience. To really understand, hey, again, how do I take a differentiated product and put it on yeah. shelf next to a lot of other competitors, you know, in a retail environment, and e-tail environment. Um, and so, yeah, I, I learned a lot and I was running sales and marketing at that company before I left. I moved to Evenflow, which is a big household brand as well. This is all in the baby, baby space. I did a little bit in toy. So I worked for Evenflow for a few years. They were owned by huge private equity called Western Presidio. They also owned JetBlue. They they, they were original investors in JetBlue and Guitar Center and Party City. And yeah, so it was big, kind of a much, I'd say bigger experience. I worked with a lot of folks from Procter & Gamble um, at that company. And so that was also a great learning experience. And and I was a director of sales there for for a few years. So I then worked for a Barcelona-based company for about four years. Um, They hired me to bring their product into... Um, North America. Um, their organic markets were Spain, um, France, Italy, um, and also UK and Germany. And so they had really no presence whatsoever. It was a really tough go. I learned a lot. I actually, that's where I started to learn my appreciation for being an entrepreneur. I mean, even though mm-hmm. I was part of a, a larger organization, they were about a, I want to say about $150 million company I I felt like I was an entrepreneur because it was me, I had to hire the team here, I had to hire the service providers, I had to work with their product managers and their brand managers to articulate how a American um, consumer was going to translate the brand, think about the brand and convert on the brand. And that's actually, you know, just being succinct. That's actually where I also learned how to do Amazon myself. So I, I was stuck with a bunch of inventory. We were going through different collections um, and I was so tired of hearing what the buyer had to say. <laughs> at bye bye baby. I said, hey, it's time. It's time to learn Amazon. So I actually, I listened to AMPM PM podcast religiously oh. with Manny Coates. Manny Coates, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and with Kevin King. Yeah, <laughs> In fact, when I first met Kevin, I was like, hey man, you taught me Amazon. And he's like, hey, yeah. you know, what the hell are you? And I think so, Kevin uh,
1: is like that grandfather that everybody has, like, you know, that teach you all the different things of life. That's Kevin, you know. <laughs>
2: it is Kevin. He's, uh, he is kind of the
1: guy, you know, you know,
2: um, who's the um, who's the professor? There's the professor yeah. of Amazon, um, exactly. you know, Howard. But then Howard, Kevin, Kevin's the grandfather, man. So. Yeah. So anyways, and then I did all the white papers and I downloaded all as many podcasts as I could listen to. And I learned how to take a widget from a, a warehouse and run it through back in 2014-15 where hmm, advertising was so much more <laughs> yeah. um, 20 cents per click. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It, was,
2: it was and I learned you know hey you know keywords matter here's the here's where you do keyword research. Manny just launched Helium 10 I think in 2015 yeah. and so like I was really learning how to optimize and I, I learned it. I really did and I was um, and I also knew hey look this is kind of where the world is headed direct to consumer is going to be not the thing. It's going to be one part of, you know, a really good optimized consumer products brand. And I also noticed that there were a lot of my peers uh, from other brands that just had no idea what they were doing when it came to digital strategy. So Jeanne uh, was the name of the company. They they decided to focus on their organic markets and shut down anything that was non-organic for them. And so at that time I was kind of forced off a cliff to do my own, my own thing. So I started a, I started a a consulting agency where I helped businesses formulate digital strategy. So I worked with them to dig in on, okay, how can we optimize your Amazon? You're not on Amazon. You're only with one P one P is terrible for you. Let's, let's open up a three P strategy. It was a lot easier. This was back in 2016. So again, everything was a lot easier when it came to Amazon. But nonetheless it was it was wonderful so I also learned just direct to consumer period you know what is it like to really reach the consumer and have that conversation with them through all types of acquisition channels and at the time the acquisition channels were a lot more simple too you had google ads you had seo and you really had facebook advertising and yeah. which was you know instagram and facebook obviously TikTok, I don't even know if was around yet. Not many people were yeah. really doing much with Pinterest. Twitter was yeah. not really a thing for consumer product <laughs> brands. And so really just focusing in on those activities, how do you help a larger company think through optimizing their website for yeah. conversion and which acquisition channels and metrics they should be thinking about? So that was kind of my journey. I, I met these guys um, here in Charlotte. We started Global Wired Advisors. They were investment bankers. like. Nah big managing directors of institutional investment banks. So they had the financial engineering. Um, They all became entrepreneurs. I was an entrepreneur at the time, of course. And then we just said, hey, why don't we take where what you normally get out of, you know, if if you're a large company and you go to Bank of America and say, sell my business, the process by which you go through to sell that company is very different than a process Mm -hmm. through a business broker there are no listings, okay. there's no email list. There's wow. lots of thoughtfulness, thoroughness, detail, complexity. There's a lot of you know actual real strategy, kind of thinking mm-hmm. through who are the right people to buy this, but then how are they going to think about it? Whereas a broker, which has its place in what I would call Main Street, where you just kind of put together enough, like a real estate listing, like it's just enough You do Mm -hmm. the the seller or the buyer is doing a lot of their own legwork um and really just trying to understand what's really going on with the company and to be honest with you you know the the broker truly is just more or less a facilitator and so we said hey why don't we take this process that has worked for fortune 100 fortune 500 for a very very long time it's highly effective it it optimizes the sale of a business why don't we take this process and why don't we why don't we apply it to businesses in this e-commerce kind of consumer product space and so we did that uh, about six years ago this was pre-aggregator so i can say it's like it's yeah like- one of their first <laughs>
1: <aggregators>. <laughs>
2: yeah so i mean look you had you had some you had some really you had some good brokerages at, at the time you know you had a quiet light brokerage you had website okay. closures they've been around for a while and you had a few others um, but what we noticed was no one was really doing what I said, which is we didn't really see anyone taking a, an investment banking process and applying that to this particular space. Yeah. Um, and it just, to so happen- be
1: honest, most people six years ago were never thinking about exiting an Amazon business. Amazon, selling on Amazon was more like you make a quick buck and then you close the account, but it, you know, it was it's never true. thought as a business.
2: Yeah, right? no, it's true. Mm-hmm. You're you kind of nailed it. It's like, Hey, I'm going to arbitrage. I'm going to arbitrage. I'm going to go and find a bunch of product that I can that I'm gonna buy from the store at $1 and sell for three. Um, you know, I'm gonna to go to Alibaba and hack Alibaba exactly. to find, you know, this keyword I'm seeing is trending on Google. It's about to it's like crypto to be honest, it's like altcoins.
1: coins. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's like, well, which altcoin's coins about to explode and then just completely yeah. crash. And so You know, that's, that's right. And then it was around that time when we discovered that people were really either utilizing Amazon as a sales channel, and they had a real brand, you know, real kind of what I would call a a diverse, diversified brand, um, or they were primarily on Amazon, but they really, they really cared about their brand, they cared about the Mm -hmm. products they were making, they were solving a problem, they put a lot of thought into it. And around the time that we came on the scene, which was 2018, that's about the time you started to see M&A activity really start to to go up. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, at the time we weren't selling large businesses. I mean, it was still, you know, we're still selling businesses. 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, 10 million. Um, We weren't doing that much. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had pandemic. (laughs) Everybody did
0: this,
2: (laughs) acronyms came on the scene. So that's, that leads us to today, um, kind of where we're at. And I can get into yeah. more detail about we, we've pivots since then but i can get the more more detail right yeah
1: there. yeah i mean first of all i love the journey because the fact that you've been been touching so many areas within the ecosystem of selling on amazon and e-commerce in general i bet that in terms of m and preparing the business for exit and all of that it makes your job so much easier because you understand the you know the logic behind all the things that business has to do to be successful because not the same that you come from m but you know your numbers and finances but if you don't know the actual grind inside the e-commerce side of things you know you, you can miss a lot of things that sometimes that's the potential uh, you can leverage so that's super useful no, it's, it's very true I've, I've got some good friends
2: of mine uh who who run a, a middle market um healthcare yeah. investment bank and you know they've never owned a pharmaceutical well actually exactly. they have a private equity um arm where they do own pharmaceutical companies like smaller pharma, yeah. pharma smaller healthcare But at the same time, it's very much identical. And that's where you find your best M&A advisor Mm -hmm. is they actually it's they're not just completely, oh, I was an operator. I can now sell your business. That's still a bit disjointed conflict. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit that combination of, hey, we've got the institutional investment banking chops, we've got the consumer product chops. We're going to combine those skill sets and deploy that into your business. So that way you, you have a much more optimized trade. And oh, by the way, we're not going to do the whole business broker thing. Just just sell and give it a good try. Let's see if anybody bites. We're going to actually deploy lots of thoughtfulness and strategy into the company to to mold it towards when is the right time. So it's thinking that we'll just try to no. Let's actually discover the right path towards when is the right time at the right value. Does it match your goals? That's 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 when you really get the, the, the good
1: molding of the two. Exactly. Now, um, let's start touching a little bit about how this whole thing started and where we are right now, because let's be honest, in 2020, 2021, when the whole explosion of aggregators came into play. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was having at least five emails per day from people, <laughs> aggregators saying like, if you have a brand, I give you 5% referral, 10%, 200K, $1 million, things like that, you know? So it was all over the place and the multiples were crazy. Like one of the reasons that I feel like the situation got so bad is because they have so much money in their hand because everything that was going with COVID and, and government basically giving money for free, they had to deploy this money and because they didn't really understand e-commerce in depth some of them they just need we need to deploy this money regardless and they were paying this six to ten times multiples that there's no way you're going to make your money back on that right oh, and, and some of this business i feel they they couldn't even improve them further they were just buying them and then you know we're going to do anything better on this business so the reason yeah. why i want to make this introduction is because now we come yeah. to 2023 things are completely different some of these aggregators went out of a business they couldn't handle basically all this uh bleeding in terms of the money they invested and, and some of these brands going under That's and now right. we see basically um you know the market reaching a, a stable a uh, basically situation where things are going back to normal multiples are back to two to three times uh, across the board again there's some exceptions but that which which we can touch on that but i want to feel uh, i want to hear your feeling on this because so much has changed. And I feel when I talk to my clients and people in the space, like people now feel discouraged because some of them feel like, Oh man, I could have gotten six, seven times multiple. Now, the multiples are nowhere there now. Like, what should I do to maximize my exit? What are some of the tips? Should I, where should I sell now? So what is your take on that?
2: Well, um, to anyone who thinks that just remember, there's always the trade that got away and it's more the trade that got away than not. So, You'll always meet the guy who says, "I could have invested in Google in 1998. I could have invested yeah. in Amazon <laughs> in 1994. I could have bought Bitcoin yeah. at yeah. ten cents back in 2000." Yeah. You always ha- you always have that. So just take that away, right? And with in this case, unfortunately, the way you just described it was perfect. You had an anomalous event,
1: mm. and
2: that only comes. Yeah, once in, a once in a lifetime, man. That's really what it is. It's a lot like what we're experiencing in AI right now, which is mm-hmm. a lot like the Industrial Revolution in, in the early 1900s and late 1800s. It only comes once a century where you have this a seismic shift in the way that we conduct business and the way that we conduct commerce. And so this was a blip. It was an anomalous event. Um, we have reverted to exactly what you said. There's been a reversion back to, you know, two, three four maybe 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 five multiple if you have a unicorn
1: yeah (laughs) if you have a
2: unicorn and 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 we'll get into we'll get into in a moment there are i mean cpg brands are still trading for six seven Mm -hmm. eight nine ten eleven twelve multiples i mean that's normal cpg has slowed down and multiples have compressed slightly but at the same time like that's a whole different ball game just your audience listening who's Amazon only, which which there is a there is a contrast there. So yeah, I mean, look, you you nailed it. State of the market was up completely back down. You've mm-hmm. got a lot of sellers who are now going, well, what do I do next? Yeah. What am I supposed to be focused on? I think um, almost just, you know, by what I would call, you know, o- organically, they've just said, hey, that was anomalous. I'm just going to focus on growing my business. Um, and yeah, I mean, the current state of the union is if you've got an all Amazon business, yes, absolutely. It's, it's not easy to, to sell the company. It's not as easy as it was two years ago. So you've got to really now focus on what I would call, you know, true asset principles for your consumer products. I mean, you have to start thinking about yourself as a consumer products brand and not like what we just said, which is, well, I'm just going to hack my way into growing this company. That's actually, and I want to say this, and I've said this on a, a couple other podcasts, that's a totally, totally fine way of running your business. Mm. There, there is no good or bad. Yeah, It's it's the outcome. It's the end. That's just the that decision important. you make. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So if I say, hey, look, man, you know, you and I, we're going to go into business together and all we're going to do is cash flow this thing. Well, that's a yeah. much different mindset where we're going in basically saying, okay, let's do the keyword research thing. Let's yeah, try and doing exit. let's automate it through ai let's do Mm -hmm. all these things to where hey if it goes away to if it goes away in two years we don't care we're Mm going to cash flow it now let's have a discussion about that cash flow is it my own personal bank account am i reinvesting it in other activities am i sending it off to real estate like what am i doing with that cash flow if you want to actually build something to sell if you want to build something to then eventually exit and you're a consumer products brand that's only on amazon well now you have to flip your mentality Because it's a different ballgame now. You have to think about it in terms of, okay, there's a path and a strategic plan that I have to follow. There's, There's a way to now build this brand. There's a way for me to now, I have to think differently about my product development. I have to think differently about the way that I present my brand. I have to think differently about my listings. I have to really think about channel diversification and channel expansion. And what does that really look like? Can I actually do it? Do I have mm-hmm. the amount of bargaining dollars to be able to do any of that? Because that's a way to present yourself as a more attractive target yeah. to buyers. Right. Exactly. And the other thing a lot of people don't realize or don't think about is the mentality has always been on SDE, a multiple of of historical data. When you want to try and bring multiples up, you've got to think about the future. and Future. There's a lot of brands that are not really, there's a lot of Amazon specific owners that have, they've of course thought about the future. So I'm not gonna be egregious, but they've yeah. never really taken the time to go, okay, I'm actually going to plot out the future.
1: Exactly. And that's the this thing you just say, something that is perfect to bring this next question, which is you know, a lot of times when these people are preparing for exit and I bet you get this uh, question a lot is they ask me I have my business on this specific stage, like I'm preparing for exit. But let's say I'm a business that only sell in the United States and I have the possibility to do international expansion, as you mentioned, right? Sometimes there's always this fear that comes into play, into the strategy, like I either do it and I fail doing it. And therefore, if I fail doing it, when it comes to selling the business, that's like a, a stain on the business, like I tried and it didn't work out. Or I could sell it as an opportunity, right? Right. And and that comes down a little bit to what you're you are basically outlining, which is thinking about the future and how you pitch your business for the future growth. So basically to summarize, like right now, if you're in a position that you have the opportunity to add other channels like Walmart, Shopify, expand to other countries, or you have the option to streamline all your, your things in the U.S., get your profit rights, your sourcing prices and everything, and then pitch it like, I haven't done these things, but the opportunity is there, like, Mm-hmm. With these two scenarios, right? Yeah, you... Where do you think?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great question. I know it's a yeah. it's a question of a lot of uh, yeah. brand owners for sure. Bottom line is if you don't actually go in and 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 exercise those potential acquisition slash channels or sales channels, then you better have a highly defendable okay. opportunity like you can't just write down this could go on Shopify. Well, if I'm a sophisticated, <laughs> way, sophisticated buyers pay more. Exactly. And they yeah. only pay more when they start because they ask the right questions and you articulate the opportunity to them to where they go, well, this is just a no brainer. Of course, I want to buy this. So okay. for instance, if you just say, hey, my opportunity is Shopify, and mm-hmm. I go as a buyer and say, Okay, but your um, your AOV is only twenty seven dollars. You understand that average CAC is about twenty seven to thirty bucks. So, are you telling me? And I'm yours, yeah, and you're not a consumable, so I'm not going to get hardly any LTV out of this. So, nope, that's nope. not an opportunity for me. Okay, yeah. well, you can expand to other channels. Okay, cool. Have you thought about how much that's that's going to bring in terms of accretive revenue to the business? You better have a really really good forecast, and I'm going to ask. 15 questions. I'm going
1: go yeah. to poke
2: <laughs> so many holes in the forecast. And if I come away from that conversation going, okay, this is real opportunity because yeah. you've done your homework. You've done your, you've done your research on, you know, current markets. How much is my market share in, in Germany and in France and the UK? What's my cost to get into this, to these markets? What's the keyword research that backs up if you're on Amazon, if you're doing something different with other, marketplaces, I need to understand all of the information. Because the more you can get detailed and, and and get complex with me as a buyer, I welcome that because you are you are making me have an appetite for exactly. wanting to purchase the business. So that's really the mix. So you either go for it, and you do it. And oh, by the way, if you were going to fail at all these things anyways, yeah. your plan and your forecast were going to fail too. Exactly. Yeah. Most of the time. You do have You do have stories of people you know i don't know i i plotted it out but then all of a sudden it just just went crazy and i didn't i was unexpected and it's like that's that's the exception not the norm and so that's kind of how i address that which is okay cool like if 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 you were to go for it and fail i would have been able to make your opportunity fail on paper for sure nice
1: good now, uh, I bet a lot of people that are, are hearing this and watching this, they might be asking, oh, it sounds interesting. I really want to dig further and see if, you know, I can sell my business. How do I identify if I am at the right stage to sell my business? So yeah. I know right now the criteria from most people has changed completely uh, to compared to the last two years. Like now people is looking for higher revenue, uh, different profit margins, and so on. So can you briefly touch on right now in 2023 what is realistically a business that you know is attractive i have a good chance to to have a successful exit what you say yeah
2: yeah i mean look it really again it just it goes back to your goals so for instance if you're listening and you're a 1 million 2 million dollar brand um you know there are there are buyers out there for your for Mm -hmm. your business you know and if you're just only on amazon Um, But, you know, you've got defendable product, you've got defendable forecasts, Mm -hmm. defendable projections. There's a buyer, especially if you're domiciled in the United States. You've got the ability to exercise what's called the SBA loan, which I think you might be familiar with. So you can you can purchase a company through the SBA loan while interest rates have driven those interest rates higher. They're still really great SBA loan brokers. A good friend of mine is one here in Charlotte. Stephen Spear is another guy who's just does a, a great job when it comes to um, helping buyers identify good opportunities mm-hmm. and utilizing that SBA loan. He's got his own pool of capital as well to kind of help those buyers identify more what I would call main street businesses, small businesses. Um, so, so there's still a, a buyer, but you know, again, you're, you hit a ceiling, like you're just going to sell for two, two and a half, three multiple. That's all you're going to get out of it. Now people go, well, why should I sell? them? And I always just go, yeah, look at your salary. When you're a million dollar business, you're not making anything for salary. You're putting all of your money back in inventory. So at that point, if I've got 200,000 of SDE and someone's offering me 800,000, that is literally eight Thousand percent more than what you make at
1: zero dollars
2: or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> exactly. exactly. And so,
2: so that's my argument to them, which is you're not making anything. You just have a million yes. dollar business or a. Seven which dollar. sounds
1: sounds amazing to say to your friends. Yeah, I got a, a one million dollar business, but the it's, reality is that you know. <laughs>
2: it's amazing. It's amazing until you and I are at the pub and I have to borrow money for my beer, right? So exactly. that's that's where it's not amazing. um Yeah. I know. So that that would be the <laughs> argument there. I mean, look. You know, anybody who's really grown something pretty strong on Amazon um, that's listening right now, they've got real defendable product. They're they're really concerned around brand building. Um, you know, what makes you a more attractive target? It's a lot of what we just discussed. I mean, you know, we could spend a whole podcast going into, yeah, we could do a whole series going into yeah. going by function and what makes you more attractive. But to speak to it very high level, I've got a brand and brand is is identified in a few different ways. Can I can I have the second conversation with a consumer? But do I do I create a community? Do I create an affinity towards my brand because I've either solved a problem for them, um, I've I've got product, I've got a you know diversification of product, I've got something truly differentiated that is just you know it it, it can be sold to lots and lots and lots of people, right? It's not a commodity. That's really what I'm trying to say. And unfortunately, Amazon has a propensity. Amazon as a platform has a higher propensity for commoditized products than differentiated products. Unfortunately, but commoditized products don't sell. They just don't. They don't sell in terms of no one really wants them. Um, so, 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 kind of focus on brand building, and then you really start to take yourself. You're already taking yourself seriously, so I don't want to. I don't want to dilute that. You're taking yourself seriously on Amazon. Now it's time to think about a strategic plan to get off Amazon and to think about how I can now diversify into what I would consider concentric circles of difficulty when it comes to becoming a more attractive target. Right. If I can, your lowest hanging fruit is always the marketplaces, always, 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 always. Okay, Channel Advisor can help with that, like one touch button and boom, I'm everywhere. Right. So you know, <laughs> New Egg and Rakuten and Walmart and Home Depot and Macy's and all these other... That's all your low-hanging fruit. So that doesn't necessarily bring you a lot more um, multiple when it comes to selling the company. When yeah. you start to really begin an effort of selling direct to the consumer through a platform like Shopify, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, et cetera, you start to collect data from those consumers. You start to... Have optimized acquisition channels, and you have strong LTV, and mm-hmm. you're bringing your CAC in line, and your AOV. There's real, there's there's actual, you know, CRO optim, you know, CRO optimization that's happening. You have a SEO strategy that's that's mm-hmm. building an aggregate. You know, these are the things you build a community of followers through social media, and you're a you're becoming a brand at that point that people are telling their friends about. I don't tell my friend to go buy Scotch tape, but I am going to tell my friend about this new brand that I just bought bad birdie and Swanee's golf, golf apparel, because it's cool stuff. And I like what they stand for. And I really like the brand. And so that's, that's when you start to get into more difficulty and the more complexity, difficulty, the, the more attractive you're going to be, because you've built a foundation for someone to say, I can build on this. Whether that's through a strategic that says, hey, I can take you and run you through my operations and I'll get a ton of operational leverage and a ton of economies of scale. Exactly. And oh, by the way, you already have like you already have a brand that people recognize. Yeah. those. And then the final concentric circle is, I mean, you, I got to call it out. I mean, if you can get into retail, that's that's your that's your true litmus test where yeah. <laughs> you, you, you haven't necessarily. I wouldn't say you've arrived. If you've successful <laughs> in retail, you kind of have arrived. I mean, yeah. when you can when you can really sell to a target and a Walmart or something. Yeah. I mean, Six. Manscaped is much, much, much dude wipes, Manscaped, they're much yeah. more valuable because they got into retail. Much, much more valuable.
1: I know. Awesome, Chris. So, I mean, thank you so much for all your insights and all your knowledge. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, before we conclude today's episode, I want you to also share with us, like, where people can find you. Because I'm sure a lot of sellers now want to dig this further with you and your team to explore if they can exit. Please share with us like how they can basically get in touch with you yeah
2: yeah absolutely so um, go to gw.partners uh is is it's we're we're a modern we're a modern company or <laughs> a modern firm so gw.partners not .com a lot of people do that and say you don't have a website and I say, <laughs> um you can fill out the contact form we you can go on my linkedin chris shipferling um, and find me uh, reach out dm me we are now starting to offer um, what I would call friendlier products for just Amazon sellers. So like what I described, someone who's a two to three multiple, um, yeah. we're starting to offer a product where we, um, we do it more on like a consulting basis versus, mm-hmm. versus just a success fee. So nice. we'll work with you to kind of help you prepare the company, um, get your financials in order, help articulate what could be the opportunity poke some holes in it like I said earlier yeah. um, and then tell you where to sell it and how to sell it and we're really equipping equipping them on how to do it themselves and really saving a lot of money in a success fee obviously if you're if you're someone over 10 million of revenue, I can hear you now yes
1: yeah so you're saying over 10 million yeah
2: yeah I was just saying you know if you're over 10 million that's not a product you'd ever want to you would you wouldn't go through a product like that you'd want to go through okay. a product much more sophisticated. Because it's a process that reaches out to, you know, bigger, better corporate development desks, et cetera. So
1: awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, Chris. So yeah, thank you very much. I'm going to make sure to put everything down in the description. And in the meantime, it's been a pleasure. and looking forward to having the next one. Yeah,
0: me too, man. Thank you so much thank for having you. me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsy. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode while you are at it. We would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com, where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Ecomc.